I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome into the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Friday, April 23rd, 2021. We have sort of a special podcast for you today. On Saturday, the University of Kentucky women's volleyball team will be playing for the national championship against the Texas Longhorns at in Omaha, it's an 8 o'clock start on ESPN2. Kentucky comes into the match as the number two seed. Texas is the number four seed. Texas is a two-time national champion. Kentucky, this, this this team has made history. It's reached the Final Four for the first time, and now it's in the national championship match thanks to a 3-1 to one win over Washington on Thursday night. Today, this afternoon out in Omaha, they had a press conference previewing the Saturday's championship match, and we have the audio from that press conference which we're turning into this podcast. First, you're going to hear from UK head coach Craig Skinner and UK star Madison Lilly. After that, you'll hear from Texas coach Jared Elliott and the Longhorns' Molly Phillips. So let's get right to it. This is the press conference held earlier this afternoon out in Omaha previewing Saturday's championship match of the NCAA Division I women's volleyball tournament. Like I said, you'll hear Kentucky first, followed by Texas. Thank you for joining us, Coach Skinner. We will now begin with an opening statement before we go to questions. Well, first of all, just uh, want to send our prayers and thoughts to uh, Kentucky men's basketball and, and Terrence Clark passing. What an awful situation uh, for them to be dealing with um, right now and, and his family. You know, coaching is so much more than what we're doing on the court and you know just managing you know life-changing situations like that is very difficult and coach Cal reached out to me this morning and we chatted back and forth and just how crushed you know he is in the program and so just thinking about you know them and, and the whole big blue nation but uh you know tough day um you know, in terms of in terms of last night, it uh, you know obviously, you know we're so proud to to be here and and proud of the way we competed when our backs were against the wall and um, you know credit to Washington again for you know first of all the season they've had and the way that that coaching staff got them to be able to play the way the way they did all year long through the pandemic and but also just with a whole new team and and uh, impressed by them and just. 
really happy with the resiliency of our team to be able to get through that match last night. Thank you. Now we will go to questions from the media. Once again, please use the raise hand function to indicate you would like to ask a question. When called upon, please state your name and affiliation first. Our first question comes from Larry Vaught. Hey, Craig. Allie even admitted after the match last night about how stoked, I think, was the word she uses, not in my vocabulary, but, but her word. So how much do you worry about just getting your team settled back down, back on task, and everything and not being too eager to play in this championship match? Yeah, good question, Larry. Um, you know, our team has, has managed that part of the, um, you know, the game pretty well this year. Uh, you know, obviously this is a different magnitude and, you know, competing for a national championship is a different scenario. Um, but, you know, we just got off the floor of practice and our team was in pretty status quo. Uh, mindset and 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 you know went about their business and and pretty focused. I think that obviously you know very thrilled and excited to win that match last night. Um, but I don't sense um, that we're we've settled and we're okay with where we are. You know there's still more to do. So um, I think the adrenaline you know wore off over the night and and they went we went back to uh, you know like trying to make it a business trip. You know and and get after it today and and start focusing on Texas. Our next question is from John Clay. Craig, on the broadcast, they brought up several times about when Madison came to your camp as a seventh grader when you first saw her. Now that you're getting ready to play in the NCAA championship match, can you just put in perspective of what she's meant to the program and this journey of getting to where you are now? Well, it's huge. And, and um, you know, first – you know, Madison, you know, saw a vision and, and, you know, she could have gone a number of places and being in a, been an All-American and, and done great things for so many programs. And um, for us to trust and, and see the vision and what we were trying to build at Kentucky is, you know, the first step. And, and then, you know, the second step is, is performing and, and trusting the people around her. And, um, you know, she, she's someone that sees the good and the great qualities of people on the floor and, and has an ability to highlight people's strengths and, and use them to her advantage as a setter. And uh, I think that's an intangible quality that, you know, it's hard to teach. Um, but, you know, just her mission to get a little bit better in self-awareness of things that she wants to work on and, and taking accountability for if things don't go the way she wants them to or she, you know, wasn't you know, performing the way she wanted to shows humility, but also shows leadership at the same time. And um, but in terms of material things, as in, in all Americans and, and wins and victories and all those types of things, I think that um, goes without saying. We're in a completely different place now than we were, you know, when she arrived. Our next question is from Lee Feinswalk. Craig, we had, there were so many variables when the SEC was one of the three leagues to play in the fall and you were able to play those matches and have that, you know, short season and then come about and have, you know, basically a full season, if you will, in the spring. And now that you're here and you've gone through the process, can you reflect on, you know, the pros and cons and obviously there are more pros and then also to your advantage, possibly that you didn't have to play Florida in the fall and you played them in the spring when it, you know, was leading into the NCAA tournament, just your thoughts about all of the above. Well, um, 
we could be here for a while talking about some of that, but um, I got plenty of time. <laughs> the you know, there's a breaking point in the fall. You know, are we playing? Are we not? Are we having a championship? Are we not? So, you know, as a, as a league, we made the decision to play some in the fall. And, you know, to some at that point in time might have thought, you know, what are we doing? And to others, it might have been, you know, hey, let's play. Let's at least do something. What else are we going to do with our time? And, you know, I think we've, we've found a healthy balance of competition in the fall, in the spring. And, you know, again, as a staff, we just felt like it was really important if we were going to go this long that we had to find a couple weeks here to take off. We had to find months in between the two seasons to take off and go away and be away from each other and take a couple days off here and there. But in terms of playing volleyball, I think there was a distinct advantage at that point in time because we could play matches and we had several really good freshmen and new players that um, you know we had to find out what our lineup could look like and, and what type of options we have. I mean, there's still several things that we've practiced that we can use at any certain time that uh, we wouldn't have known if we didn't play in the fall because you know once you get into season and roll it's hard to make changes but to have kind of two separate seasons it gave us the time to reflect and see where we were and and evaluate and and find new things but uh, the Florida situation I you know I guess it's kind of luck of the draw we played them later in the season Uh, you know I don't while it was important part of our season I don't feel like it was the end-all be-all that that was going to make us or break us and where we are now. Um, but, uh, you know, you have to kind of plan your season, how you train and practice based around what's in front of you. And I think we did the best job possible. Thank you. Our next question is from Dick Gabriel. Yeah, Craig, just to follow up on Lee's question, you've talked to us before about the, the chemistry on this team. These kids clearly love playing together and, and against each other in practice. And it, it, I got to think by now it's pretty evident that that has become a huge plus in terms of getting you this far in the season. Would you, would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, there is no question in my mind that we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for our roster. And I'm talking 1 through 15. Everybody has made an impact in our team this year, on results this year, whether that was stats in the box score after the match or preparation prior to the match. Um, There is an immense amount of respect between our team within each other because of the value that each of them brings to the team and um, each person. And so, again, it's not about volleyball, it's about people. And, you know, I think that's really important for us to um, make sure we understand in recruiting because if you don't have good people in a year like this, good luck. You know, it just probably wouldn't have been, we wouldn't be here today if, if we didn't have the, the type of people to make the chemistry and, and thing go. But you can't really recruit chemistry, can you? I mean, it's, there's some, some luck involved. No, you're right. You can't recruit chemistry, but you can recruit people that understand the bigger picture and are happy for other people. You know, if if, if you have find and, 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 you know, somehow recruit selfish and self-centered people, then you got a problem. And, you know, is that easy to find and evaluate? No, it's not. Um, but, you know, I think we have to work really hard at that. And, and certainly there's a base level of talent that you can't fall below to be able to compete with the best teams in the country. 
Um, but I, you know, as a staff, I want to look forward, and our staff wants to get up in the morning out of bed and look forward to being around and coaching the people we have. Uh, that certainly makes a big difference in, in everybody's well-being. Our next question is from Austin Miller. Coach, you helped win a national title in 2000 at Nebraska as an assistant. What would it mean to now lead Kentucky as a head coach to a national title and then to do it in Nebraska? Well, you know, these are dreams. You're, you know, we're living a dream right now. And the dream back then when I left Nebraska was to build a program, you know, similar. And, you know, all the respect in the world for what we did. I mean, we fortunately came in the first year and, and won it that year and went undefeated 34-0. And, I mean, the chance of doing that is, you know, slim to none. Um, but, it, it, you know, a lot of credit to John and the way Nebraska volleyball was built under Terry Pettit and how to build a championship program to – help instill some of the values and fundamentals and basics of what's really important. I mean, there's, there's material things that people think are important and there's substance, and, and we've tried to build this program with substance. And, um, you know, to be able to bring home a national championship to uh, Kentucky is, is special. And another reason why I wanted to come to Kentucky was they have a program that's won multiple national championships, and a couple, actually, men's basketball and, and, and rifle. And that's not a small thing when people understand what it takes to win a national championship. You know, it's addicting. You want to be around those type of people because they make you better. So, um, you know, it's, it, it, it definitely would be a special day and can't wait to get out there and see what we can do. Our next question is from Lincoln Arneal. Hi, Craig. Uh, you talked a little bit about the challenges of having this split season. What what did you face when you, after you had that fall season, took a break and then <clears throat> started to ramp back up for the spring season? What sort of challenges did you face in that transition? Well, it's kind of the similar. I mean, you when you're off, you're, you know, kind of get in a routine and, and what your life feels like and what your days feel like and how to plan, you know, ahead and and so when you get back together, it's it's kind of a gradual thing. You can't just put the hammer down and say, guys, we got to p- compete this weekend. Let's go and just assume everyone's going to be on board. It's got to gradually get back into the flow and, and you know, try and piece practices together and slowly get people conditioned physically and mentally to, um, you know, just start getting enthusiastic and excited about competing again because – when you're off that long, it's you get out of a, a competitive routine that you're used to during a season. Um, we had to make sure that it was enjoyable and fun and do things that were not drill-driven and, and basic fundamental-driven, you know, from exciting drills, do things outside of volleyball. You know, we had a weekly spike ball competition in practice, um, did a bunch of random things to not make it such a – a drag and and again credit to our players for you know buying in how long do you think it took you in the spring to get back to where you were at the end of the fall season as far as level of play well um gosh i'm trying to think i think we started practice on january 12th or 13th um started lifting maybe on the 8th um and then i think we played january 29th maybe so we played really well that weekend, uh, to be honest with you, at, at Arkansas. You know, I think it took us probably 10 days to kind of feel like we were back in, in it, and maybe not until the day before the match. 
you know, I I was blown away the way we played the first couple weekends out, you know, Arkansas, Georgia. You know, I thought we looked really good. But, again, I think a lot of it has to do with the makeup of our players. You know, we have very skilled players that can play six rotations and, and do a lot of different skills on the court. If we had two-dimensional players and trying to piece that together would take a lot longer. Thank you. Our final question is from Larry Vaught. Hey, Craig, I don't know if this will be exactly be a bucket list thing or not, but to know that there's going to be a watch party in Memorial Coliseum tomorrow night for UK volleyball, that, maybe it's not a bucket list, but it must be close. Well, Larry, it's funny you say that because, you know, I, I will never forget walking in to my first match in 2005 as the head coach of Kentucky, and it was against Wright, Wright State. And I think we barely, I don't know, we might have won in four, but there was about, 67 people in the stands and um boy dreams start somewhere and it was my hope and dreams that my daughters could be in the stands when thousands of people watching and you know obviously a different time with the pandemic but uh to know that there's a watch party memorial it's, it's pretty damn cool thanks thank you coach for your time today thank you we will be joined momentarily by madison lily please use this time to raise or lower your hand as necessary We are now joined by Madison Lilly. Um, we're going to have Madison go ahead and start with an opening statement. Yeah, before we get started here, um, just want to acknowledge and offer our sincere condolences for the Clark family, um, the Kentucky basketball family, and, and Kentucky athletics as a whole. Um, we really take a lot of pride in how we play for other teams and how we really are a family. So um, sending prayers and thoughts during this tough time. Thank you. We will now take questions from the media. Please use the raise hand function to indicate you would like to ask a question. Our first question comes from Austin Miller. Austin, go ahead with your question. Madison, over the last four games in this tournament, you all have had a killer mentality in these final sets. You're winning by over eight points. What is it about these finishes that's bringing out the best in you up? Yeah, I mean, this is a team of crazy competitors, and it might sound cliche, but I have never been a part of a group that loves competing like we do, um, and we've been putting ourselves in these situations for eight, nine months now, so now that we're finally here, we're soaking it in, but also we're not taking no for an answer, so we're competing with each other, playing hard. Um, we've always been doing that, but I think now it's a lot more heightened because we have the attention of of the nation and the volleyball world now, which makes it a lot more fun, but um, just competing hard and, and, and trusting everything that we've been training. Thank you. Our next question is from John Clay. Madison on the broadcast, they talked uh, more than once about when you first came to camp at UK at Craig's camp as a seventh grader and how impressed he was with you back then. And he was just saying you could have gone pretty much to any place you wanted to go to in the country. What did you see about Kentucky? And did you see it progressing to the point where you would be here a day away from playing for the national championship? Yeah, it's great. It, I mean, it's a long time coming, to say the very least, to think about um, when I started coming to camp and when I committed. And now I'm here. I'm 22 in, in my last season here at Kentucky. And after making history, and um, this is – 
everything that I planned to do. This is why I came here, why I chose Kentucky. And I think the reason that it um, was the perfect fit and has been everything I've wanted and more is because of the people, because of our coaching staff, um, Craig, Anders, Carly, Katie Poole, um, our strength, our strength staff, um, just the way that everyone really treats it like a family is the reason that I chose to come here. And I knew that if the people I'm around every single day are people that I love and want to play for and play with, then everything else will fall into place. And I can say, um, sitting here right now, the day before the national championship, that will forever hold true. Um, and it's wild to think, like I said, it's a long time coming and it's been however many years basically feeling like I'm in Kentucky blue even before I got on campus. Um, but committing as a, as a freshman and going all through high, high school, watching them and, and having my eyes set on making history and coming here and doing that is a dream come, tr dream come true. And, um, like I said, it's the people that make it all worth it and, um, are the reason that our experiences have been the way they are. Our next question is from Dick Gabriel. Madison Washington uh, came at you last night trying to take you out of your normal role in the offense. Do you anticipate Texas will do the same? Um, I mean, Washington was a really good serving team. I think we battled that adversity really great. And even when we were out of system, we found ways to get it done. And um, it was really hard at times. I mean, I obviously don't pass, but even just watching the balls drop right before they get to our passers, um, it was kind of a wake up call, like, okay, we need to face this adversity and we need to run with, with what we got and just, um, kind of buckle down and play Kentucky volleyball and Texas is going to serve, serve tough. They're going to be a big block. And, um, like I've said before, I love our transition game. Uh, we play hard, we play fast. And that I think is something that is extremely, um, I got in our advantage. I mean, I, I don't think that a lot of teams can play with us in transition and that's a huge strength. And we're going to try to play to that as much as we can tomorrow night. And how much has this extra long season really kind of in a backhanded way paid off? I mean, I know it's been grueling, but you all got a chance to get to know each other maybe even better than in a, nor in a normal season. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially the trust in moments like, Last night, um, even just being down and, and being able to trust our teammates um, in an environment where there's more fans, more lights, more media, all of that, just being able to lean in and, and the trust that we have is where it is and has developed so much because of how much time we've had. And um, that is something that has been so beneficial for us and um, can't say enough how happy I am that we were able to play in the fall. And I remember when that was um, – we, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to do that. And I remember how hard that was to come to terms with and then finally getting the news that we're going to do this thing, we're going to play this fall, and then we're going to come back and play this spring. And um, the NCAA announcing that we're going to have a championship. I mean, all of those moments were so pivotal for us because – it allowed us to really put our eyes on on what we were going after and um, just going in every single day, taking it day by day, but knowing what we were going after and um, just fine-tuning skills and the trust and the communication, all of that. And, and to see it all kind of come together right now is rewarding beyond belief. Next question is from Eric Olson. Yeah, Madison, Eric Olson with the Associated Press. Uh, wanted to ask you uh, a little bit about this odd tournament structure uh, because of the situation with COVID. Uh, you guys have been here now for two weeks as opposed to bouncing around from site to site like you would in a normal year. Uh, I mean, does it feel like you've been here for quite quite a long time? And how do you think you and your teammates have handled that? 
Yeah, um, it does feel like it's been a, a, a little while here in the bubble, but um, we have all adjusted so, so great. And I'm so proud of us for the way that we've handled it because it, it can get monotonous and it can kind of seem like Groundhog Day, but um, we, we have done an awesome job, whether it's going on walks. Um, we did a fun painting class. We're playing cornhole. We have Uno. We're doing Jenga. We have all of um, the stuff to kind of make it feel a little more normal, I guess. Um, back at home, we basically all live with our teammates anyway. So um, we are around each other a lot and we are a family. So it, it actually is has been pretty awesome. But um, it definitely has provided some consistency as well, though. And I think that that is something that we are definitely um, using to our advantage. And um, it definitely looks different. And I wish that we could have hosted the first couple of rounds and played back in Lexington for a little bit longer. But um, I can't imagine it being any different now. And um, like I said, we've adapted really well and it's been really fun. I think we've created more memories here in Omaha than um, we would in a normal year. So that's definitely a plus, especially for it being our last little go around to seniors. So I know we'll cherish that, but um, it's been good and, and it has been a long time, but I'm excited to, to leave here with a dub tomorrow night. Can you, uh, just to follow up, tell me about that painting class. Did like someone come in and you guys all lined up behind your easels and what did you paint? So it was just a virtual class. So we, okay. um, yeah, so we put it up and um, she, she would be mixing her paints and we would all have to pause it so we could get our paint mixed. And then um, we would like paint the sky a light blue. And it, it was so funny. We spent far too long doing it because we were all like such perfectionists trying to make our flowers and our mountains perfect. But, um, it was so funny. We have all of them kind of put up in our meeting room. So we've kind of made it feel like home with little things like that. Um, but it's that, stuff like that helps separate the days and, um, it's been fun. And that definitely has been one of my favorite parts of the trips outside of volleyball. So thank you. Next question is from Lincoln Arneal. Madison, you're talking about all the benefits and that you gained off of playing in the fall and kind of transitioning into this season. What challenges were there that you had to deal with with the elongated season and the structure of the double season, if you will? I mean, physically, it's tough. This is double what we're used to playing. Um, and so I think especially after we got done in the fall, um, just taking care of our bodies and also staying in really good shape um, in the months of November and December and coming back in January ready to hit the ground running. Um, that's something that we, I mean, hold each other accountable um, with as much as we can. We have little groups that we text in, um, what workouts we're doing, how like our sweat, our sweaty pictures. Um, those are something that we always send in during the off season just to make sure that when we do get back on campus and we get back on the court, we're, we're ready to go. And that's not something that needs to be addressed and kind of take up time. Um, but as far as challenges go, I think it's just the discipline um, in and of itself. It's It was hard and it was really hard, especially with COVID. And to put the game and put our teammates and our, our lofty goals first was difficult. And um, I think everyone, all athletes can say that. It has not been easy in any realm of, of COVID. Um, but like I said, I, I'm so happy that we played in the fall. And I think it prepared us for moments like this. And um, just the relationships, like I said, the relationships and the trust and 
being able to work through certain things, um, I don't think we would have been able to do if we would have started this in January. So um, it's been nice to be able to compete for over nine months, and and I think it's just prepared us great. And I am very, 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 very thankful to have Craig and, and Mitch Barnhart, our athletic director, and everybody behind the scenes that have that has worked so hard to get um, the SEC to the big push that we needed to play in the fall and to play a full season, and um, that was huge for us. Being from Kansas City, do you have a lot of family and friends coming up for the tournament this weekend? It's a couple-hour drive north. Yeah, it's not far at all, which is uh, I mean, it's nice, but it's also weird because we played here for clubs so much. So in the beginning, it was like, wow, I feel like I'm kind of reli reliving my club days. Um, but yeah, going to have some people in the house. I had my club coaches here last night, which was fun. But um, it's so cool to look up and see all the blue in the stands. I mean, that is such an awesome feeling. It's so surreal. And um, it, I truly, it, it leaves me speechless. It's so awesome to look up and have that support and um, people traveling from all over the country to, to watch us. And I'm lucky that it is short for our, my family and friends, but even the people coming up from Texas from all the way from Lexington, it's, um, it's so cool and so rewarding. And I, I think I can speak on everyone's behalf saying that. Next question is from Larry Vaught. Yeah, Madison, a couple things for you. One, just wondered, how did a, a girl from Kansas get to a Kentucky camp in the seventh grade? And then talk a little bit about the relationship you and Gabby have had and how it just seemed to hit on all cylinders right from the beginning and what that's meant to you. Yeah, so I was playing, well, from the Kansas City area, there had been a couple girls that played on Kentucky. So um, I kind of just was talking to them, and their parents had reached out to mine. And um, I ended up going to camp with a few different Kansas City girls. We made a, like a carpool situation out of it. And um, at the, in those moments, it didn't seem like anything major. It was um, just seemed like something fun to do. And um, we were staying. And it's so funny now being on campus to think about how far even just – the way campus looks is we were staying in, I mean, dorms that are tor torn down now. Um, but I also stayed with Gabby at camp once before um, we both were committed. And I remember she headed out early because she was going to a different camp. And I remember being like, dang, I really liked her. Like, I wish we could, I wish we could stay one more night in our dorm together. Um, but Gabby is one of the most fierce competitors that I know. And um, being able to see the fire in her eyes and the fight and drive this tournament especially has been so cool just because I've played with her at what seems like every level at this point. And um, to be able to bring that back to our team um, a couple years ago was was awesome. And then, like I said, just the relationship that we've developed on and off the court has been so awesome for us. And um, it's allowed us to elevate our game and to allow other people to elevate theirs as well. So um, it's been huge for us. And I think especially from a competitive standpoint, um, just the grind, being able to embrace the grind. Gabby and I have gone through the ringer with the grind um, during our summers together. So being able to bring that back and um, just compete as hard as we can and, and pass along the, the drive has been awesome. Our next question is from Lee Feinswag. I'm Madison Lee from VolleyballMag.com. Um, this isn't what I was going to ask you, but the Kansas City thing came up. You must have played with or against Jenna Gray and Adriana Fitzmorris. I did. Um, I didn't as much in club. In high school, we did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're just up the road from me. And it's 
really cool to follow their careers and kind of put KC on the map. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're studs and, um, to be able to kind of watch Jenna and even though she was only a year older than me, I remember watching her and she played at a club called Invasion. So I was always watching them and, um, it's, it's so cool to, to hear from people and to talk about being a KC native because, um, they, they really put us on the map. So the reason I asked the question now, though, is my ears perked up a couple answers back. Are you coming back or are you moving on? I am moving on. Yes. You know what, do you know what you're going to do? I don't. I'm really, well, focusing on tomorrow for sure. And then um, after that, just debriefing and um, kind of just enjoying the, the college life and um, enjoying my time with my roommates. Um, that's kind of at the top of my priority list is just to kind of bask in everything and, and just kind of debrief. I think that that's critical. And I think um, the athletes that have played in the spring and didn't really get that time as a normal college student can probably attest to that as well. But um, I don't know yet. And um, I think that's okay. And I think it's okay to, to not know. And I think it's okay to, to be different. And, um, you know, the rest of the senior class might have plans and I'm okay with not having a plan right now. And um, things will fall into place. I know they will, but um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the plans of no plan, I guess. Thank you, Madison, for your time. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for participating. You can find a recording of this press conference in the NCAA Digital Media Hub at ncaa.veritone.com. Thank you again for joining us. Okay, that was Craig Skinner and Madison Lilly of UK Volleyball. And when we come back, it'll be Jared Elliott, the coach of the Texas Longhorns, and Molly Phillips. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for joining us, Coach Elliott. We will now begin with an opening statement before we go to questions, so please go ahead. Well, obviously we're excited to be here. Um, to be in the finals is always a, a rewarding place to be, and obviously you're one step away from being at the top of the mountain. And, uh, you know, we have some a lot of work to do with a great team and well-coached from Craig Skinner, and uh, we're spending lots of time watching film right now and getting our team ready. Thank you. Now we will go to questions from the media. Once again, please use the raise hand function to indicate you would like to ask a question. When you're called on, please state your name and your affiliation first. Our first question is from Danny Davis. Uh, Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman. Um, Jared, it kind of seems like in the past, Texas setters have been, I guess, kind of overlooked when it came to awards and recognition. So I'm kind of wondering with Jenna 
getting the recognition and awards she's gotten so far. You know, how gratifying is it for a Texas setter to get that love nationally? Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I mean, she's done, we haven't got a whole lot of love there, but, uh, you know, Jenna's a big reason why she's getting the love. She's worked really hard. Um, you know, Jamie has done a really good job with her uh, in the setting department, and our team is playing really well with her. And, uh, you know, she's a junior now, so she's starting to understand the offense. She's starting to see the game differently. She's understanding how to use the matchups and, and what teams have to do to kind of counteract our balance and uh, is making good choices and a lot of good choices consistently. And, you know, there's a year ago, you know, I would probably take 20 to 30 choices away from her, and now it's all on one hand in a match. So she's growing and she's making better set selections and putting it in better location and, and able to run uh, better setting from off the net as well. In this season, you've asked some of your players to go into different roles, and one of those people is Sydney. I'm kind of wondering, you know, how did she handle, you know, her adapting to a new role? And is that kind of the good example of that self, that being unselfish attitude you talked about earlier this week? Yeah, I mean, Sydney comes from a, a great lineage of coaching. Uh, her mom's the coach at Northern Iowa. Um, and, you know, I think she understands the game. I think she's thought about being, you know, she's going to be a teacher and a coach. Or I think she thinks about life the right way. Um, and there's a lot of stress that sometimes are put on with the libero jersey. Um, and, you know, we just talked to her briefly about it, and she was fine. Um, and we just kind of – she's a role player right now in terms of not being the libero, but she's a huge piece and a cornerstone of what we do. Um, and I think she's really embraced that. Uh, I think, you know, with her mindset, it's given her some ability to kind of uh, function differently. And uh, I love what she's doing right now for us. She made some huge digs and, and played well and, and served well from the service line. So, you know – Coaching is hard because you got to make sure that you're trying to please everybody, but you can't please everybody. And so you just do the best job you can in terms of communicating. But Sydney has always been just a great human being and one of the reasons that we recruited her. Next question is from John High. Hi, Coach. What, uh, this is John High from Fox 7 in Austin. Uh, Coach, what has your, your team done so well to get to this point, and what concerns do you have going into tomorrow? Well, I think we've gotten better, you know, um, from week to week. Um, I think we're we're touching the ball better. Um, I think we're scrapping a little bit more and making second opportunities with coverage plays. I think our out of system setting has gotten significantly better. It's something that we put a lot of work into, um, and we've got great balance right now. So I think we're playing really well. Um, but what concerns me is, you know, we're going to probably play the best pin hitting team uh, we faced. So far, they've got live arms. They're all physical. Um, and the best setter, they can deliver the ball at a much different speed than we've seen. Um, and they're a better passing team and a better defending team um, than some teams out there. So they're just, it, it, they are a handful. And our team's got to be ready. They think they're hitting 365 on the year. And there's a reason that they're putting up those crazy numbers. They're number one in the country. And you said that you're uh, watching a lot of film right, right now. Um, what do you tell them? Go, do you say anything different? Is there anything different about going into a national championship game? No. Um, I, you know, volleyball's kind of turned into money ball a little bit. Like, we, we have an 85-page scouting report that we're looking at and statistical numbers that we can pull stuff from and then watching a lot of tendencies and watching all the tapes so we're not fooled by any kind of plays or things they can do at different times. Um, and we get all kinds of heat maps of where their strengths and weaknesses are. And, you know, Kentucky's getting the same thing that we are, I'm sure, uh, with their data volley person. But... Um, it's, uh, you know, this is about routines. And I think the biggest thing that we need to do is just be in our routines and not, 
this is another game and we've got to make sure that we're prepared and we relax so we can go in there and play confident and execute at a high level. Our next question is from Lee Feinswag. Craig, I mean, not Craig, he's the next guy, Jarrett. Um, you and I talked about this during um, this season in the fall and then in the spring, you know, playing the split season, you know, your league and the, and, and the ACC did where you played, you know, it's, you played a full schedule then, a full conference schedule and then, a, you know, pretty extensive schedule this spring. And we always wondered what the pros and cons were going to be. Obviously, the pros have to outweigh the cons in this at this point. But what are your thoughts now that you've been through the process and, and you got to this point? Yeah, you know, there was there, it was a first time for everything for us. And so the, the workload that we did with our sports science and Travis was a big part of it because when we came back, we weren't in shape. And we had to, I think our first practice was 40 minutes and then it was 45 minutes and then back down to 30 minutes and an hour. And we had to kind of work our way up to get ourselves in a position where we were healthy enough so we didn't have any injuries with these amazing athletes and kind of got ourselves going and you know we're able to play and that experience especially for people like Nani um, was really important and then we gave them when after the season we just told them not to do anything for a significant amount of time not see a ball not touch a ball and then when they came back we had to get them in that same kind of workload up but I noticed that the second semester or the fall or the spring was it was almost like they were sophomores because they've been through it they had routines they come back and approach it differently you know you can see the way Nani's playing right now she's she's not playing like a true freshman so uh, that sense of bode well but we got a lot of kids that smile and have joy every day and are just good people and have see the world uh, with the light in front of them and you know that's made our jobs easier you know they're, they're, they look at life with the, the glass half full so it's they come to practice excited and there's good energy and you know if we didn't have that then it would have been a lot tougher. So, so, but to continue that, would you say that the Big 12 made a good choice for you there to be able to do what you did in, in the format in which you played? I liked it. You know, I, I think the challenge was getting back up because we couldn't play until, you know, we, when we came back, they wouldn't give us the, the number of hours. Uh, we petitioned to get hours back because the first couple of weeks in preseason, we only trained like six hours total because of the workload. And we tried to get some hours back, but we didn't. And then the first three or four weeks, we only had four hours on the court total, so it was really challenging kind of getting them. And then two weeks later, we're playing a match, and it took us some time to get our rhythm and, and what we were doing. But yes, I think there was some, because of the personalities in our team, I think it was there was an advantage to it. Our next question is from Jeff Jones. Hey, Coach, uh, Jeff Jones from KVU here in Austin. I want to know, how often did you guys talk about a national championship throughout the season? Did you, did you mention those words, or did you kind of take it so one game at a time that you weren't focused on tomorrow? Well, I think we, we have a sports psych person we work with. We have uh, goals and mission statements that we work for. I think when you come to Texas, I think everybody knows uh, in our practice gym and our, in, our, in our circle that our goal is to win a national championship year in and year out. Uh, and we have, you know, I think almost been here 70 percent of the time over the last 30 years, so our 13 years. Um, so it's just we, we we talk about it, but we, it's it, we're way more process oriented. You know, we'll talk about it once or twice in preseason of what our goals are, just so we know that that's at the end of it. But then we're talking, we're not mentioning it at all. We're just talking about process. How do we get a little bit better today in this practice? How do we clean up these skill sets? Why don't we, you know, we put up on our board we've got two goals for today or this week, and we make it really simple in terms of what we're doing, but. It's about putting building blocks. You know, the talking stuff can get to be stressful and all those other things. They know what they want. They want to go after it. And, 
you know, hopefully they'll be ready tomorrow night. Thanks. Our next question is from Lincoln Arneal. Hi, Jared. Lincoln Arneal with the Omaha World Herald. Uh, have the last two weeks since you've been in Omaha, has that time gone fast or slow? Um, it's almost like I have amnesia. Like it goes by so, like we, we were talking today, we don't know what day it is most of the time unless we're looking at our itinerary. Um, it feels like our right state match was like two months ago. Um, but it's kind of what we've been in. Like our, our, it's, it's, we've been trained at this because this is kind of the structure that we've had. And the benefit of it is we actually get to hang out now. I've had more conversations with my players this week and more laughter and, and joy. And they've been able to hang out with each other too because they haven't been able to do that. So uh, it's, it's been a kind of a, a positive upgrade from what we were doing back home. You mentioned how important this time of the year is sticking to your routine. How did you have to adjust the routine to while you were in Omaha? There wasn't much of a, an adjustment. Uh, you know, we tried to find a few more walks, tried to find some activities that they can do in our kind of our team room. Uh, had a movie night. Um, you know, we had an ice cream social the other night after uh, we got to the Final Four. We, and that was a huge deal because we don't, normally don't do that. Um, just tried to make them feel good. Um, but... Yeah, just trying to kind of give them a little bit of tidbit here and there and give them some opportunities. And they're also in school, so they're spending a lot of time doing that. Thank you. Next question is from Lee Feinswald. Jared, can you um, recount for me how Morgan O'Brien headed your way, number one? Like, what was the process? Who contacted who? How it worked out? And then, obviously, it's given a great benefit to the things that you can do defensively and if you would talk about her and those things. Yeah, um, I actually got a call from a friend that said uh, she is going to Texas. Um, and then I called the Illinois coach and I said, hey, is this true? Is this going on? He said, yeah, we talked about it a little bit. He gave her great recommendations. Um, and I just said, would you, you know, we, I can't talk to her, but she needs to go in the portal. And um, she entered the portal and then we talked and she's like, yeah, we'd love to play. And, you know, we got really lucky on that, that. And so she showed up and she wanted to be a part of it and she fit in from day one. And it's, can you talk about how well she's done in the, op, you know, how she's given you so many defensive options and spread things out? Yeah, I mean, she, I guess going back to that, she wanted to pick a school that she was going to be happy at uh, regardless of volleyball. I don't think she was planning on playing volleyball. So um, that was a choice and probably a question you could ask her. Um, but her volleyball skills, obviously, the experience of what she did, she was a great mentor for uh, both Sydney and Nani, especially Nani. Um, she's been great with the kind of the because we've kind of gone back and forth with the the libero all all fall and spring because um, Nani's continually to get better. And um, as you can see, based on her play yesterday, but um, Morgan's always been there for her and kept it light and hasn't made it like this you against me. And you know she's been great in the gym, and you can watch her. Perm, uh, perform her skill sets, and uh, it's just been a positive all the way around. Our next question is from Lincoln Arneal. I didn't have a question. Sorry, I was done. Thank you. No problem. Our next question is from Jeff Jones. Coach, you told us a moment ago about the 85-page scouting report and all the film, and I know that you have a, a team of people to help you compile all that, but what have the past... 15 or so hours been like for you preparing for the big game of the season? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, you just have so much joy after winning last night and you got to get through, you know, your 300 text messages that come in and 
you know, trying to talk to your family because they want some time as well. And then, you know, you kind of get to your room and, you know, you're on a high. I didn't go to sleep till 4.30 this morning and woke up at 7. Um, but, you know, watched some film last night, started watching some of the things that I like to look at in terms of serving and passing and some of the matchups there and kind of getting familiar with it. But I have a veteran staff. You know, we have a really good uh, statistical kind of data volley person, we call it, our volley metrics. And uh, they're breaking down all of the statistics and putting the rotations together and putting the heat map. So, you know, we kind of get like a basically a cheat sheet of everything that's going on. We get a seven-pager based on rotations overall. We get serving statistics, passing statistics, how they dig and transition from certain points. And then we look at kind of all the different matchups that we may or may not go with. So, um, you know, we can condense. It's, nowadays, it's so much easier to condense down. It's, it's just maybe going through every match and watching every rotation or every clip that you want to see hitting, uh, passing, serving, rotations, um, scheming, what kind of scheming, how are we going to set up our offensive systems, um, and then putting that game plan together so that they can see it. Our final question from, for Coach is from Danny Davis. Here, when you look at a team like Kentucky and obviously Madison having the season she's having, you know, is there one thing that sticks out that she does really well that really concerns you? Yeah, she puts up a hittable ball every time. And, you know, she's, she has great foot speed. Um, you know, as I said, the, the speed of their setting is a little bit uh, quicker than we're used to. Uh, they're a little bit unorthodox in terms of their system because they're, you know, uh, Teeler's, uh, you know, they're running a spread offense sometimes with no middle, hit, no middle hitter uh, in a couple of rotations. And, um, but when you have the arms, the physicality that they have that can match us um, and a great setter that can put up balls in good location, you're, you're going to be in a war uh, no matter what. And so when you look at their statistical line, like 365, that's the real deal. I don't know. I don't recall a team hitting that high, I don't know, in how many years, if ever. Thank you, Coach, for your time today. Thank you. We will be joined momentarily by Molly Phillips. Please use this time to raise or lower your hand as necessary. We are now joined by Molly Phillips. Once again, please use the raise hand function to indicate you would like to ask a question. When you're called on for your question, please state your name and affiliation first. Our first question is from Danny Davis. Hey, Molly. Um, Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman. Um, you're one of the people on the team who kind of had a new role this season, um, you know, mixing it up with as far as where you're playing on the court, you know. What is that you moving, Sydney kind of having a different role, Skyler too, I guess, you know, what does all that kind of say about this team that people were so willing to mix it up and do new things for the team? Yeah, I think like um, the whole team, we all just really care about like the end goal. We really just want like our whole team to be successful. So if that means that we have to like step into a different role, like we're totally aware of that. Like we're capable of doing that and really just want to do what's best for the person beside us rather than what's best maybe or what position we want to be in. So I think that's, a positive role that we all want to put ourselves in and are ready to do that for the team. We talked about this a little bit last year, but you have known Logan and Skyler for a while. What does it kind of mean for you, Team USA guys, to be going on this run and looking for a national championship together? It's so much fun. It's just so fun to see, like, where we started and where we are now and how long we've known each other. And just, like, this has always been a dream to, like, play in games like this. And so it's just so exciting that we're actually getting those opportunities and we can really do that together. Our next question is from Lee Feinswag. 
Molly, it's Lee from VolleyballMag.com. When, when Texas won in 2012, were you aware of it? Were you a Texas fan, or was that way before you started, you know, noticing college volleyball, any of the above? Yeah, um, no, I really didn't know. I, I, at that time, I was still, like, pretty into basketball. I was kind of playing both, but, like, really didn't know what I wanted to do. So, um, honestly, no. But once I started, like, looking at Texas, that was always a really big deal, just knowing that, like, they really have won a national championship recently and how – like cool that was and how exciting that would be and that coming here I would have that opportunity so awesome to look back at but at the time no not really our next question is from John High hey Molly you were talking about how this has always been a dream have you had any time to to soak it in and, and really think about where, where you guys are at this point um, a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of surreal. I mean, especially with this year with this tournament, everything is so quick and like back to back. So there's not a crazy amount of time to really think about what's going on. But all of our coaching staff have really preached us like to really soak in every moment and realize like all the work we put in has really gotten us here. But to also like let last night's win go and realize that like we really haven't we still have to work to like get to the point where we want to be. So um, yeah, kind of a little bit of both, I guess. It's exciting to see like all we've done and embrace that but know that there's still a lot of work left to be done and coach was talking the one thing that kind of stood out that he kept emphasizing about Kentucky was their 365 hitting what other concerns do you guys have about them uh, I think this is a team that has a lot of heart just like how we have a lot of heart I think that's helped us a lot in the last couple of games just like how we fight for the player next to us and I think that Kentucky does a really good job of doing that as well so along with their physicality they also really are fighting for the same goal that we are. So I think that that's something that we really just need to step up on our side and have more of that. Our next question is from Jeff Jones. Hey, Molly, this is Jeff Jones from KU here in Austin. Um, Coach mentioned over the past week or so there in Omaha, I think his words where he's had more uh, laughter and joy with the team than he has all season long. Um, would you agree with the uh, – I guess I want to phrase it as just tell me about your time there in Omaha. How much fun has it been off the court? Yeah, it's been really fun. Like you said, um, we haven't really been able to hang out with each other outside of volleyball whenever we've been in Austin just trying to follow the COVID protocols. But So it's been so much fun, like being here, being in our little bubble, being able to hang out. And there's just so much joy with the team, especially whenever we're playing at this high of a level and being successful while doing it. It's just like hard to not have fun. So uh, the whole experience has really been amazing, and it's just awesome to be around this group of girls every day. And what have the past 14 or 15 hours been like for you? Coach Jones, his phone is blowing up. He stayed up late watching film. Just what's the time been like for you since the win last night? Yeah, kind of the same. It's kind of crazy how fast like the time's gone, though. Like It's already the next day. We're ready to get going with our next opponent. But, um, yeah, it's congratulations are on every corner. People that I haven't talked to in so long are like reaching out, just saying how supportive they are. And it's like kind of surreal, but really exciting to go through. Thanks. Next question is from Danny Davis. Molly, have you had a chance to think about just what this last year has been like? I don't know if you want to use the word crazy or just what it's been going back to August, or is that something you really can't think about and put into words until, you know, your season's done and you've had a couple weeks to reflect? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely thought about it. It's kind of crazy looking back. I was talking about it with um, Coach Johnson earlier. It's just crazy thinking about how, long we've been playing and how long we've been able to play together but all the adversity that we've been going through too it's just 
with this year, you really don't know what's coming next. Like every new, every day is a new day. We have to take it one day at a time because we have no clue what's going to be thrown at us. And so, yeah, definitely will be a lot to reflect on, a lot to see all the highs and lows of the season. But overall, it's been so much fun. I wouldn't take anything for granted, and I love what this season and what we've done so far. And do you think as you guys go into this Kentucky match that Texas is playing the best it's played all season, or has this Texas team not played its best match yet? Um, I definitely think we can always get better. Every day can be so much better, but uh, we are playing at a really high level. I feel like cohesively we're playing really well. We're playing for the person next to us and everything. Um, I guess you could say last night just felt like a lot of stuff was clicking and we're just playing smooth volleyball and Texas volleyball, and we want to keep doing that. Our next question is from John Hyde. Oh, John Hyde, five seven. I didn't know. I'd raise my hand. Um, but when you guys, I, I know Coach was talking about um, when you come to Texas, you know, it's kind of understood that you're, you you want to play for championships, so he doesn't really have to talk about it a lot. Was there any, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but was there a chip on you guys' shoulder when you got the, the four-seater? Did you expect to get that or think that you deserved that? Um, I think we kind of were hoping for a little bit higher. You always are. But um, – we really just were like looking at it as like whatever we get, we're gonna run with it. And um, yeah, I mean anything lower than one, you're kind of like, oh, I want to prove somebody wrong. So especially being four, we wanted to come in as uh, the underdog in a few. Or last night, the game we played last night, we wanted to come in and just like work for that and know that uh, maybe we have we're seated a little bit lower than we wanted, but knowing that we can work for a bigger goal. Thank you. Next question is from Lee Finesworth. Molly, I know she's a good volleyball player, but what can you tell me about Morgan O'Brien? Um, she's awesome. She's, yeah, a great volleyball player, but also a great teammate. She's so fun to be around. I don't know. She just always brings light to situations. She always has us cracking up about something she's talking about. So, yeah, she's been a great addition to this team. I love that she decided to come here and play volleyball with us, and it's been so much fun. Thank you. Our next question is from Danny Davis. Molly, y'all are playing a really good center um, tomorrow in Kentucky, Kentucky with Kentucky, but you have a good center on your team. Um, do you think Jenna's gotten the love that she deserves this season, and what has she brought to this team? I think that she definitely has gotten a lot of recognition that she deserves. I mean, you can never give your setter enough credit, so I think that always, like, whatever she gets, she totally deserves, and she's really done an amazing job giving, putting everybody in amazing positions, making all of us look really good, and, um, yeah, if she just keeps continuing to do that, and like you said, Kentucky has an amazing setter as well, and she's doing the same thing for her hitters, so. Any additional questions for Molly? Danny, if you have another question, you can go ahead. Yeah, last one, Molly, what was the, the craziest uh, text message or DM you got last night? It was like a first grade teacher you hadn't heard from in years, or what was the craziest, uh, you know, congratulations you received last night? I did have a few from teachers from a while ago, yeah, a lot of my um, middle school teachers and like my 12 year, my 12s club play, or club coach who always keeps up with everything, they're all texting, and it's just really fun to see everybody who's impacted my life is still following along. Our next question is from Lincoln Arneal. Molly, Coach mentioned you had an ice cream party after you qualified for the Final Four. What other activities or things have you done while you've been, uh, besides volleyball, while you've been in Omaha? 
Yeah, we had a movie night. I think we talked about that a little bit. And then we had a game night as well. And really just we, like, go down to our little team room and hang out and just get to talk and kind of pull our minds away from volleyball while also still being here working for our big goal. But, yeah, it's been nice to – they've done a really great job of, like, allowing different little times to – think about other things than just being in the in this huge tournament. And so it's been fun to kind of get away, but then being able to snap back into, like, go time. Thank you, Molly, for your time. Thank you. Thank you all for participating. You can find a recording of this press conference in the NCAA Digital Media Hub at ncaa.veritone.com. Thank you for joining us. We will be back on this link in a few minutes for the Kentucky press conference, so feel free to stay on or rejoin the link in a few. Thank you. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. We will have plenty of coverage from the UK-Texas National Championship match uh, out there in Omaha on Saturday night. It's an 8 o'clock start, as I mentioned before, on ESPN2. Check out Kentucky.com. We'll have live updates throughout the match, a dedicated Twitter feed where you can see comments, updates, and observations on the match as it progresses. We'll have plenty of coverage after the match. Uh, We'll have video. uh, We'll have game story. Uh, We'll have a column. We'll have everything after the match. Be sure and look on Kentucky.com for that. And and in the print edition of the Herald-Leader on Monday, we'll have more coverage as well. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. You can also get a sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. It's just $30 for the first year. Go to my Twitter feed, at John Clay IV. At the top of the feed, you'll see a pinned tweet about the Sports Pass, sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. Click on that. It'll give you all the information. It'll take you where you need to go. Or just go to Kentucky.com, hit on that subscription tab, and check out all of our offers. We appreciate everybody who supports our work at the, at the Lexington Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. Uh, I appreciate everybody who listens to these podcasts. We really appreciate that. Like I said, give us a rating and review uh, wherever you find your podcast. That really helps us out. Once again, be sure and check out the coverage Saturday night, Kentucky and Texas in the finals of the NCAA Women's Volleyball Tournament. Check out all of our coverage. And thanks again for listening. We'll be talking to you again soon.